Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. All right. Good afternoon and welcome back to Intrepid Radio. I am your host, Todd Schneck. Gosh, I just said to this gentleman a few minutes ago that glad he keeps writing books because I keep getting the chance to have him on the show to talk about some very interesting subject matter. He's got a new book out. He's been on the show several times before. I always enjoy these conversations with this fellow. Say hello to Ryan Holiday. He's the author of several books and the author of a new book that we're here to talk about called Ego is the Enemy. Ryan, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm, I mean, I'm glad you keep letting me write books. So it's, uh, <laughs> we're, we're both grateful. So uh, quite sure at this stage, my audience is pretty familiar with you, Ryan Holiday. But just in case someone's new to you listening to this, uh, take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about you and your background. Yeah, it's a, that's a tough question, I guess. I was a director of marketing for American Apparel for a really long time. I've worked with authors like Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins and Robert Greene. And a few years ago, I started writing books on what I guess you would call practical philosophy. So I wrote a book on Stoic philosophy. And this book is about our biggest internal obstacle, which, which is ourselves. Well, I was interested to know how you were going to answer that question since this is a book about ego. I wasn't sure if you were going to get snarky on me and just say, oh, this isn't about me. This is about my audience. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> practical philosophy, boy, I guess that's the genre that is Ryan Holiday's books. I mean, that, and we're going to talk about how this pairs with your last book called The Obstacles, The Way, which frankly is is one of my favorites and one of the few oh, books I've you. kept on my shelf. So, gosh, considering this book is about our ego, which I think you posit is frankly, one of the things that holds most of us back from achieving what we really want to achieve, and we're going to explore that a bit. Walk us through why you had to write this book. Now, you have an interesting story, your own personal story, as you were kind of going through this process, which then certainly fed your ideas of, of how this book could be written, how it could serve its audience. Uh, but, but walk us through what your personal journey was that kind of led to the ultimate product is to help us combat our, our own egos, which which are negatively affecting most of us. One of the misnomers about ego is that like either that people who have big egos are automatically successful or people who have egos are never successful. It's, it's more complicated than that. I think my argument is that ego makes success harder and less enjoyable than it needs to be. And I've certainly experienced that in my own life. You know, American Apparel was once one of the hottest fashion brands in the world. And it, you know, it, it no longer is. And, you know, sort of watching that happen when you watch someone that, you know, and admire, you know, implode something that they, they spent a very long time building that that's a wake up call. When you watch your own life sort of, I don't want to say follow a similar trajectory, but when you look at problems, repeated problems in your own life, sometimes you have to ask yourself, like, what's the what's the common variable in all of these situations? And often it tends to be you, right? You're the. It's, it's you and the habits and the mindsets that you bring to things that tend to, to create a lot of these problems. And so I, I wanted to look at what I think a, a, a root cause of that is, which is our own ego, our arrogance, our selfishness, our delusions, our competitiveness, our greed, you know, those, those sort of negative traits that we would, we, we've come to associate with ego. 
Well, so look, I've been a fan of yours and have followed you and we've been, I guess you could say we've been friends for a couple of years yeah. now. It, it, and it's, it's been fun to watch you. And, and yeah, you know, that you have this, uh, this is a, this is a common problem with the modern social web, I think, is that there are people such as yourself who have had, have achieved a lot of success and have written some best selling books and have worked with some really, really, really great authors uh, out there and done some cool promotional work for them. And, you, and you've worked for American Apparel, as you said, which, which you know, was at one point, and in my opinion, still is a cool brand, but it's obviously had its struggles. Yeah. We, we all think, oh, Ryan Holiday's living the perfect life. And I'm so envious and so jealous of all the success that he has. And, and what I think most of us don't realize is that, yeah, even guys like Ryan Holiday, eh, life happens, right? Things happen and, and, and stuff happens. And, 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 but you could say that for a lot of people, both celebrities yeah. and both for just average guys like me. Are you suggesting that a lot of the problems that we have are frankly because of ourself, right? Not because of what others in the world's doing to us. Well, I think we're all struggling with things privately and we are all not accomplishing. Even, even when I write one of my books, it's not as good as I want it to be. And when I ask myself maybe what's preventing it from being as good as it can be, it, it's, you know, it's my own fears. It's my, you know, my bad habits, my, you know, my, that my, that I'm distracted. It's any number of things. And I think this is true for everyone. Even, even when you look at, like, you look at a successful president, like you look at Obama, he's not accomplished everything that he's wanted to accomplish. And, and when he looks at a lot of those failures are not his fault, but some of them are. Some of them are the result of decisions or choices that he made that he would probably do differently in retrospect. And, and I think ego is, is at the root of a lot of those things for, for all of us, right? It's when we start to feel better than other people, when we start to feel like we've got it made, when we start to feel like we know better, um, when we disregard other people's advice. This is ego sort of whispering in our ear, sort of pulling us from the path. And, and so I tried to write a book that maybe helps us get back to that a little bit. So for someone listening to this, Ryan, who, look, I suspect that there are a lot of people who don't even really understand what ego is. Is, is there a definition of what you mean by that? Certainly, the, I, and I read one of yours that I thought was really interesting, and I'm going to say it if you don't. Yeah, it, go for it. But, but I, if, if I read this correctly, uh, your definition is of, of, our, of the typical ego that we're all battling is an unhealthy belief in our own importance. It's arrogance and it's self-centered ambition. Yeah. Talk on that. I think so. I mean, look, I'm not talking about the ego. I don't know. I can't even begin to comprehend what Freud is talking about when he mm. comes to the ego. I'm talking about, um, there's a Bill Walsh quote where he says, you know, ego is when confidence becomes arrogance, right? And I think that's a great line. And he also says, you know, when self-assertiveness becomes obstinacy, and when we get into, you know, recklessness and risk taking. So it's, it's basically an extreme version of some good traits, right? Confidence, belief, you know, ambition. Th these are these are positive things and they manifest themselves differently at different phases in our lives. But it's the extreme version of them that becomes problematic. Well, it's those different phases of our lives that I want to explore a little bit down the road a bit, because I think yeah. that's a critical element here. But is the simple matter here that and I think this is oversimplifying it, but is one way to think about this is that is the simple matter here that we love to blame others for our own problems? I think so. We, look, when we're when we're trying to do things, it's other people are keeping us out. They don't understand how good we are, you know, that they're uh, that will show them. Then we have succeeded. And it's, 
you know, I'm surrounded by idiots. You know, I got to I got to do all the work. I'm the best there ever was, you know, that sort of stuff. And then worse is when we fail or something goes wrong, then it's, you know, they screwed me. It's all their fault, you know. So in every one of those instances, right, success, you know, aspiration, and then, you know, maybe you call it adversity, what ego is really doing is focusing not on the facts, but on what you wish to be true, what would what would rationalize or excuse any bit of personal responsibility. Yeah, boy, gosh, there are 40 directions I want to take this conversation. This is the hard part with, with this kind of a subject matter and, and the kind of things you're making us think about. I just, is one of the problems that most of us, you and me included, perhaps at some point we don't, we do not have a good sense of self? I think so. You know, uh, Frank Shamrock, who's an MMA pioneer, I talk about him a little bit in the book. He's saying, you know, confidence is earned. It's based on what is real. And ego, as he's saying, it's basically garbage. It's what, you know, it's our illusions about things. And I think, you know, confidence is when you're aware of your own abilities. You can look at yourself somewhat objectively and you know what you're good at and you know what you're not good at and you know where, what shots to take and what not shots not to take. I think the problem is when we get away from that and we start to sort of live in our own illusions, what we wish ourselves to be, not what we actually are at that moment. And I'm not saying there's not a place to to wish to be better and want to work to be better. The problem is if you if you're if you sort of treat yourself, your sense of self like a credit card and you're spending money that you don't really have. Ah, okay. I see what you're saying there. Going back to how ego impacts you virtually at every element and every step in your life. I mean, ego affects you early in your life, certainly when you're kind of early in your career or early in your life's path. It affects you when you achieve success. It affects you, and you touched on this a minute ago, and it certainly affects you when you when you achieve failure, right? I mean, there's not just one scenario in life where ego becomes an issue. It touches virtually everything, right? Yeah, there's a quote from Epictetus I like where he says, you know, one cannot learn that which they think they already know. Mm. So at the most very beginnings of whatever you're trying to do, if you're starting from a place of ego, you've already sold yourself short. Now, on the other end of that, at the very pinnacle of success, if ego is telling you that you have the Midas touch, you know, that, that you're a genius, that you're the best there ever was, any number of these things, well, you're already creating weaknesses that other people are going to try to exploit or that you're going to inflict on yourself, right? You know, just because you think you have the Midas touch doesn't actually give you one. And nobody does, right? We all make mistakes. We're all fallible. And the, the reason that, you know, they say absolute power corrupts absolutely is that, you know, we are very fallible beings. And, and, and when we start to lose track of that, it's when we make really terrible mistakes or make really bad decisions. Well, we're going to make bad decisions. We're going to make mistakes. And, and I think part of the problem with ego is, is how you respond to those, right? Because sure. I, I feel like making a mistake is a learning opportunity yeah. And if you, if you, if you, let's just get down to the crux of it, right? If you, if you legitimately do that, and that's, that's a whole other conversation is how do you do that? But right. ego, ego makes that hard, right? Because your, your, your natural instinct, and that, I think that's key here is that this is instinctual in a lot of respects is that our instinct is to say, all right, who can I blame for this mistake or, or can I kind of rationalize it in a way that's really fraudulent and phony? I mean, is it as simple as taking responsibility? I mean, is that a way to look well, at this? 
think about it this way. If you think your success says something about you as a person, which many people do, and it, so it goes to their head, that's you know one problem. But the, the other side of that is what happens when you fail, when things go wrong? Now all of a sudden you think this failure says something about you as a person. And so you're not able to learn that lesson because instead of just seeing it as, hey, I tried, you know, I, I, I aimed over here and the arrow went slightly to the right, so I need to compensate by, you know, aiming a little bit further to the left. You're saying either that didn't happen and you're, you, you know, you're living in a complete fantasy world or you're blaming all these factors that, that have nothing to do with the actual problem at hand that you could easily adjust for. And so it's, there's this wonderful quote from, from Marcus Aurelius, which I try to think about a lot. He says, you know, to, he says, the goal is to accept it without arrogance and to let it go with indifference. And so it's the success doesn't say anything about you. And by the way, neither does the worst failure. What I love about interviewing you, Ryan, is all the Stoics that you quote endlessly. I love that. So in other words, when we achieve success, we say, oh, it's because I'm great. When we fail, it's because others did it to us. Yes. Or, or we say, you know, I succeeded because I'm great. And then I failed because I'm worthless. And now that I've failed, I'll never recover and, you know, nobody loves me. And, and neither of those things are true. And neither of them are fair to it's bad self-talk all the way around. And that is the point of this book, is, is trying to smack us up upside the head to understand that that is, that is a wrong way to approach that. So the key here is simply conquering your ego. I mean, it sounds simple, but it's, it's probably pretty hard work. I don't think it's conquering the ego. I think it's sort of resisting and fighting against the ego on a regular basis. I'm not saying that you know, the, the end state here is egolessness. It's about not making decisions or, or choices or actions out of ego we're trying to limit it as much as possible in the course of a day in a life. I, I think it's an ongoing struggle. I'm not saying, hey, if you read this book, you won't have an ego anymore. I don't even know if that's possible. I don't think it's possible, but, uh, but I understand what you're saying. And I think another key point here is that this isn't, you don't read a book, you don't think on it for a couple hours and then crack the code and boom, you've got it handled. I mean, this isn't, this is an ongoing battle, right? And I think it's, you have to, you have to surrender yourself to understanding that this is a, a, a fight. This is a battle. This is a challenge I'm going to have to deal with my entire life. Right? And that's okay. I think acknowledging that and saying, Hey, this is just something I have to deal with because it's just, it's just in my DNA. It's just who, how we were built, how our mind and our brain works. Right. I mean, this is this is an ongoing struggle. But if you look at it as something worth fighting, well, then it just becomes part of how you operate. Yeah, I, I think that's right. It's it's an ongoing. It's not even an ongoing struggle because that almost makes it sound negative. It's, right. It's an on. It's an ongoing process that mm. you have to be involved in and work on every single day. Process is the right word there. So. So, all right. So I mentioned your last book, which has kind of achieved this cult following uh, by a lot of people, including a lot of uh, a lot of celebrities. Uh, Obstacle is the way. So walk me through how ego is the enemy pairs with the obstacle is the way. I mean, is it is it are you sort sort of creating this what will ultimately be a multi volume work of of how to apply stoic principles to to success in life? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think the books are related. I think, you know, obviously obstacles about external obstacles and this is about an internal obstacle. I don't know which is first, you know, and which is second. I know that they're related and I, I, I feel like it would be, you know, presumptuous of me to 
say, and next, you know, when I haven't done the work, which is actually ironically one of the things I talk about in uh, ego is sort of doing the work and talking about it after, or maybe don't talk about it at all. Just go back and do more work. So I, I think I do love exploring these themes and I do love this style. I just don't know what comes next. And I, I would, I'm looking forward to being surprised by that myself. Yeah, well, so are the rest of us. So, But the foundational element to all your work, well, at least certainly these last two books, is Stoicism, right? Yeah, yeah, it definitely it's it's a way it's a framework for looking at the world. It just matters what you're going to look at because it's still about obstacles, as you said, external versus internal obstacles. I mean, life is life is how you deal with obstacles, right? And and again, you're going to be facing obstacles no matter how big of a success you are, no matter how much of a failure you are. You're going to be you're going to be challenging. You're going to be challenged by obstacles, and it's how you how you respond that carves the path forward, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I think we all wake up every single day and face a world that is not exactly how we want it to be. And it's never and going to be. No. And, and we have to work to make it a little bit closer to what we, what we hope it can be. Is the goal ultimately here to, and if I'm uh, quoting you correctly and correct me if I am wrong, the goal here is to think less of yourself. Yeah. I mean, I like that in both senses of the word, right? It's not just, hey, I'm not going to think I'm the greatest thing ever invented, but I'm also just going to stop thinking about myself so much, which is a nice way to to sort of uh, cramp down the ego as well. Right, right. I mean, that's counterintuitive. What most people would choose to believe or, or think is the right approach to take to life, life because they think, well, I, society expects me to be successful. They expect me to follow societal norms and expectations. And then they expect me to do this and they expect me to do that. My colleagues at work and my family at home and my, my neighborhood friends and all that, they expect me to live a certain way. And, and that's, and that's, that's driven my ego too, right? Because we're, we're trying to be, be looked favorably upon by people around us. I mean, that, that's problematic, right? Yeah. We're trying to, we're so unsure of ourselves that we'll just listen to everyone, right? And we'll we'll end up trying to do everything instead of what's important to us and what 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 actually leads to what we're trying to accomplish. How do you draw the fine line between not this succumbing to what everyone expects of us versus but taking inputs from our life and society and things that happen to us, processing those, learning from those and, and moving forward. I mean, how do you, it's, it's, that, I guess that's the crux of it, right? I mean, if you can figure that out for yourself and that's when, that's when everything begins to work for you. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the, that's the million dollar question is the, right. the right balance between, you know, not being an, you know, no man is an Island, but at the same time, one can't just uh, blindly follow everyone else. You said at the top of the show, ego makes success harder. And I heard you also say that believing in your greatness kills creativity. I mean, that's important to understand here. I mean, if you're part of the goal of being successful in your life, whether however you define that personally, whether it's making a lot of money, being loved by a lot of people, uh, writing good books, uh, solving problems for a work client. I mean, all of the ways that we determine our success or greatness, however you want to define it. Ego really, really impacts our ability to achieve said success, right? To expand on that a little bit, help us understand what you mean by ego makes success harder. Well, let's just say that, you know, whatever you're trying to do, maybe it's you're trying to write a book or make a movie or, you know, launch a company or start a music career or, 
you know, you're just trying to be a good father, right? Any of those things, they're already harsh. They're already pretty difficult things to do. Now, adding into that a disconnection from reality, you know, that there's that saying, like, we're all entitled to our own opinions. We're not entitled to our own facts. Now you insert in there your own facts. You've now made that hard, that thing much harder because you're not, you're, you've gone outside the lines right now. Now you're, you're just sort of winging it. And so I think what I'm trying to say is, and, and that's not even getting into, you know, what happens when you start to alienate other people, when you put a big target on your back, you know, all these things. So I think what ego does, so those, those paths that I just laid out, what they require in a lot of ways is relationships to other people, relationships to the work. They involve taking feedback. They involve learning lessons. And so ego makes all of that harder. So it makes being successful at a more daunting task. One piece of advice and how you could begin to combat that. I mean, because because one example you that you just stated, if you put out a creative piece of work, an ego sometimes will forbid you from listening to feedback from others, which yes. then negatively impacts the, the, the where, where the creative work goes. I mean, so can you share one piece of advice on how someone can tame their ego to a bit so that they can accept feedback? I would just say the the first thing, the easiest thing is the pa- putting in a pause in your life, right? And so that means between stimulus and response, take a half second and just think, right? So stop. I, I think we're all often so passionate and dedicated to what we're doing. And often when we get good at it, we have these sort of gut instincts. And those are great, except for when, you know, ego is leading us astray. So it's like if you just stop for just a, a second and just evaluate each one of your choices before you make them. Even that will help you. For instance, you might feel like doing something egotistical, but it really doesn't matter unless you actually proceed with it, right? So someone says something rude to you, you might want to tell them to F off, but if you can catch yourself, all is well. And so I, I think if we can catch ourselves, that, that, will, that will do ourselves a big favor. Boy, that, that, is, that is such great advice and, and so profound and yet so freaking hard for so many people to actually do that. And here's the other problem. A lot of people, this is probably driven by ego as well, they think they do those things. They, they sure. think that, that, they're, that they're welcoming a feedback, and, and, but they're really not. And, they, and if, they, if they're honest with themselves, if they're back to what we talked about earlier, if, if they're self-aware, they'll honestly tell themselves, all right, you're really not doing that. So, look, we're running low on time, and, and it's Friday afternoon as we record this, and we both got life to live. So I want to close with one, one final discussion is uh, I want to make it very, very clear to those listening to this. If you, if you listen to our conversation so far, it's, it's been, it's, I don't want this people to think this is a book about Ryan Holiday's journey into understanding how ego is the enemy. You share in the book, you share an awful lot of stories and conversations about some pretty intriguing and, and fascinating people through history. So walk through the actual structure of the book and, and, and maybe mention one or two or three of the individuals that you that you pull from uh, in, in the text. Well, I wanted to look at great people who'd done great things, but were not egomaniacs, right? So I look at Catherine Graham, who was the owner of the Washington Post, maybe one of the, the greatest CEOs of the 20th century. I look at William Tecumseh Sherman, who was a, a brilliant general, who sort of eschewed credit during the Civil War to do great things. I look at George Marshall. I look at Eleanor Roosevelt. And then on the on the flip side of that, I, I wanted to look at sort of violations or transgressions, right? So we look at Howard Hughes, who died a, a terribly sad death and and sort of lost billions of dollars over the course of his lifetime. 
I look at John DeLorean, who exploded his car company in a preposterously unnecessary way. You know, look at the Persian king Xerxes. I, I, I wanted to look at, at both people who survived and did great things because they, they conquered their ego. And then I wanted to look at people who, who were led astray by theirs. Yeah. Again, one of the reasons I love talking with you is that you you quote people, you talk about people like Xerxes in your, in your books, <laughs> and listening to you rattle off some of the people you talk about in this book, uh, your your uh, your regular reading list begins to make a lot more sense in terms of it being part of your research that you do. Yeah. So that's that's kind of fun to dissect uh, some of the books. I guess from now on, when I get your uh, regular uh, mailing list of book recommendations, I can begin to ascertain. Where you might be going next with with the next project, so yeah, or you could just read those books and you won't have to read mine. Oh, I know. I wanted to ask you is well, no, I yeah, I appreciate you saying that, but uh, uh, I, I love obstacles the way because it's kind of the modern way that that most of us can understand how to apply stoicism to our lives, and so that's that's what what makes you so powerful. I wanted to do give you a quick chance, uh, yeah. uh, to talk about the bibliography of your book because I think that in of itself in this in this particular book is going to be entertaining reading in and of itself. So why? Walk us through what you did there. Well, I tried to write a, um, I wanted to thank basically every source that I use in the entire book and explain how I found them and why I was grateful for them and why I thought people should check them out. And so the publisher was like, oh yeah, sure, you can do that. And then I came back with a, like a 5,000 word <laughs> bibliography, which is like, you know, 25, 30 pages. So that obviously didn't work. So we ended up cutting it. But then the benefit was that I could make it something you eat when you read the book on the back of the book. There it is. And you can email in for it. And it's, you know, it's searchable. It's clickable. I could add in extra stuff that I wasn't even going to put in the book. So I think bibliographies are such an underrated part of a book. It's how I find all the things that I end up reading. And I wanted to sort of pay that forward. Well, and that's always been something you promoted as long as I've known you, that um, the, 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 the best part of a book is, is to see what inspired that author to write that book. And that's totally. where you begin to go down some really intriguing paths. So, all right. So uh, in other words, uh, note to you listeners who read this, uh, when the book comes to an official end, uh, don't stop reading because there's a lot more there, I suspect, uh, Ryan. So uh, good stuff. Well, hey, really enjoyed the conversation as usual. I appreciate you uh, you continuing to put out some intriguing work like this that makes Thank us you. really kind of think about life in a different way. Before I let you go, Ryan, where can people go to, to contact you? Should they have questions? Where can they find your other writing? And, yeah. uh, and uh, this mailing list that I mentioned on your book recommendations, uh, share how they can get on that as well. So all my stuff's at ryanholiday.net. There's the the reading newsletter, which goes out once a month there, and my email's on the site, and I, I look forward to hearing from everyone. Ryan Holiday, the author of many books, including the new one called Ego is the Enemy. Ryan, as always, my friend, great to have you. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. All right, all the time we have for now. Again, on behalf of my guest, Ryan Holiday, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Radio. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to intrepidmailinglist.com. That's intrepidmailinglist.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.